Hello and welcome to Avenues Presents. My name is Charlie Field, and this is the first episode of our new series, After the Diploma. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Marie Donahue. Marie is currently the Vice President of Global Sports Media for Amazon Prime and is also on the Board of Directors for Yes Network. Hi Marie, how are you? Hi Charlie, great to see you. Good to see you too. So to begin, can you tell us a little bit about your job and give our listeners some perspective about what it looks like on a day-to-day basis? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, and especially thank me for thank you for having me on your inaugural edition. Uh, so I run the sports content business at Amazon. So basically, we're part of Prime Video, and Amazon is not like other streaming services or other networks. We're actually part of um, Prime Video, which is a video service that you receive generally for free as part of your Prime membership. We're the sports programmers on an entertainment service that is actually a membership benefit. So it's quite complicated to explain um, uh, how we model and all the business um, metrics we look at because it's such a unique business model. So ultimately, the way we look at it is how do we serve customers? How do Prime members find the most value in their Prime membership? So from a sports perspective, it's quite simple for me. Sports are the most powerful content in the world. It's reality TV on steroids. It's a thing that unites communities around the world. It's social currency. It's incredibly powerful. So day to day, we look at sports. We figure out how it works with our audience. We work with our ad sales team because, of course, sports fans expect advertising. They appreciate the advertising. They miss it when it's not there. So Uh, That's what I do day to day. So I know that's long-winded, but I thought the context would help as opposed to just diving into what we do um, every day. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. So let's go back in time a bit. As a high schooler, what were the main things on your mind? And what did you want to do for your career? Was what you ended up doing even on your radar? It was related. So I went to Bronx Science, um, and I loved entertainment. I always wanted to work in entertainment. But I also happened to be on three sports teams. So I never really thought about working in sports. I always wanted to work in entertainment. And so that's one thing I would say for the listeners. What you might want to um, pursue when you're in high school could be very, very different than where you end up. So I always had it in the back of my mind, but you can't always get out of college and go work in entertainment. I went to law school to get a skill, to get experience, Um, and then I worked on Wall Street uh, and tried to move over to entertainment. It was very difficult, so I went to a small entertainment firm for six months, and within six months I moved to a client that was a record company. Uh, And I was the internet lawyer there and ultimately got hired by uh, an internet company that produced a lot of websites, including ESPN.com. But the other thing I would say, the way I got the job working on ESPN.com, I interviewed for a job at ESPN that didn't make sense for me. It wasn't the right role. Um, But I wanted to learn about ESPN. And then about a year later, a job came up at that internet company and the general counsel of ESPN, who was a real tough customer and a very hard interview, he said, I don't need to meet Marie. I met her last year. I love her. And so just going in to learn and to really, I treated it as an informational interview to learn about ESPN, ended up helping me get the job a year later. So I'm a big believer in talk to as many people as you can. And, and, and I love informational interviews. If someone calls me to come in and talk to me about a job, I feel that's pressure because I don't always have jobs to offer. But if someone says, you know, I'm really interested in sports, I'd love to come in and get a cup of coffee with you. I'll do that every time. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. So if you don't mind me asking, what sports teams were you on? Oh, so I was on tennis, softball, and basketball. Okay. And then I rode crew in college. Very interesting. Before ESPN, you had an extensive background in law. How did your time at ESPN prompt you to transition from law to sports management? So I was one of those people who went to law school um, pretty much as graduate school. It, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, I, I never really saw myself as being a lawyer forever. So as soon as I got to the law firm, I focused on paying back my loans and figuring out how to make my way over to entertainment. So um, that's why I went into corporate law. And it's usually a little easier from corporate law to go in-house. Um, and so I made my way in-house uh, to the record to a record company. And so I, I love law. I thought it was a great training ground. And that's something I always tell young people when they're thinking about their career. Sometimes the best thing to do in your career is to actually go get experience and skills. And so then when you go to the um, area or the company that you're really focused on, that you really want to work in, you show up with a skill. You generally get a better job. You get a more senior job. And you're not someone there, you know, when you're sitting at a table at that new company, you have skills. There's a reason you're there. And it's a little easier to then show, um, show your value and to contribute. So I actually think work skills are really important. And I, I find that even though I only practiced a few years, I thought law school really helped me and continues to help me. You know, lawyers never say yes or no. We're always weighing. So would you say even if you know what you want to do with your career, you should still build other skill sets so that you're like a more well-rounded person? Yes. Um, so I generally think it's really important to gather skills. But, uh, you know, it's so hard to get some of these jobs. There are plenty of, there are some people who go as soon as you can get in. You never say no to that offer. But I like building skills. It's like athletes. You know, some, some athletes do one sport from the time they're three years old, like Tiger Woods and yeah. people like that. But more and more athletes are saying they actually think it's important to have um, multiple sports when you're young. Not only do you um, get different skills, but you also generally get less injuries. <laughs> so after almost 20 years at ESPN, you decided to make the move to Amazon Prime. At the time, Prime was redeveloping their sports coverage. So why did you decide to move from a more established company to Prime Sports Division? And did you have any reservations? Yeah. Um, so I, at ESPN, I generally worked for a long time on the digital side. And so I love digital because it's always shifting sands. Everything's always changing. And so I was at ESPN um, af after about 10 or 12 years. We also, I also started working on the TV business and the documentaries and, and things like that. Um, and I just knew that fans wanted to watch sports differently. Like, if you look at the data and the research, and you guys know yourself, not, you know, fans maybe don't watch the entire game anymore. Fans want to watch when, where, and how they choose, not the way a linear network chooses to serve them. So I really, ESPN is an amazing company and, and has an amazing business and really focuses on their customers. I wanted to go to a, a more of a digital company where it's digital first, where they really lean into the opportunity and the excitement of digital. Maybe not um, see it as an opportunity, not necessarily a threat. So I had an amazing time at ESPN, and but when I started talking to the folks at Amazon, I just thought... Um, it's probably one of the best-run companies in the world. Its prime is distributed to, 
you know, tens of millions of people, so it has great reach. And it was an opportunity to start something new. They didn't really have that business. I was able to hire a whole new team. I was able, and I also, I'm a lifetime student, so it was an opportunity to, you know, get my MBA in Amazon to just learn a whole bunch of different skills, and I've really enjoyed it. So that new start kind of excited you? Absolutely. So you've also been named one of the most powerful women in sport by Adweek. You're on the impact list from Variety and have been called a game changer by Sports Business Journal, as well as many other prominent achievements. What do these successes and titles mean to you? You know, especially as I've been in this business a long time, they don't really mean, look, anything like anytime someone says something nice to you or gives you an honor, of course, so you're gratified and appreciate it and think of all the people who contributed and helped because no one gets these things on their own. So I see them largely as awards and acknowledgement for my team. But as I've been in this business longer and longer, what it really means, what's become most important to me is that young women see me get those awards and understand that there are women out there, there are women in sports who have acquisition authority, there are women who look like them, who have, you know, I just think it's really important. I think in everything we have to focus on representing the, the population as a whole more, and I think that's particularly, that's something I'm particularly passionate about in sports. So I really just see it as um, hopefully encouragement to people coming um, after me. So you work in a demanding and fast-paced industry. What would you identify as the main challenges you face today? Yeah, I think in media right now, nobody knows um, how it will look in a few years. And and, um, I think things are just changing so fast. You know yourself, like how many streaming services do you have? Um, In sports in particular, there's more content than ever available, but it's harder to find. It's more expensive. So um, I think those are all challenges that we work on, but I actually find them exciting. Like the most exciting thing for me is to work on hard challenges with smart people I like. Um, I don't see it as a negative. I see it as great opportunity. So it's opportunities with challenges as technology advances. Of course, yeah. But, you know, if there are no challenges, it's hard to make a difference. No one wants to just go in and do the same thing every day. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of your job? The most rewarding aspect is probably the people, um, the teams I've built over time. And I had the opportunity to do that at ESPN, a bunch of different teams. And I've built a a great team at Amazon. Like I said, I love working on difficult things um, with smart people that I like. I also am just a passionate believer in sports and the power of sports to unite communities. I'm really passionate about sports in the in the lives of young people um, for health and, and community and camaraderie. I'm really passionate about what it means for girls. I think it helps in body image and helps their confidence. And it's quite practical. There's a, there's a great Price Waterhouse study that's probably several years old now, but I think like 90% of the women in the C-suite, which is the top executive offices, competed in sports. There's a reason for that. Sports teaches you so many things in life. It shows you how to work, how to work hard. And even watching sports is a way to unite people. So so I just, working in sports is an amazing opportunity that I never take for granted. Yeah, I think that sense of unity builds such like an amazing and conjoined like community. Absolutely. So during your time at ESPN, you went from senior director to executive vice president. Could you share with us your experience in climbing the corporate ladder as both a woman in a male-dominated industry and in general? 
Sure. Um, well, like I said, I started on the digital side at ESPN, so there, there was a challenge in that we didn't have as many women as I would have liked. But I also thought it was helpful in that I came up through the digital side, and at the time it was a very traditional linear broadcast network. And so sometimes I don't even think they saw I was a woman. I think they just saw me as you know someone from the Internet, from the digital side. So it was actually an advantage, I think, to not focus on my gender as much. When you're not in the majority, and you know, a lot of times you're the one woman in the room, still shockingly the one woman in the room, there's opportunity and there's challenges from that. When we walk out of the room, everyone knows who you are. People never forget the one of anything in the room. So I've found that um, while I always want to increase the numbers, I don't let it get me down. I feel like there are so many challenges and barriers that are put in front of you anyway, especially when you're, um, when you're outnumbered in those rooms, don't make up additional ones. So I've actually found that pretty empowering and always make sure I mentor and stay close to folks. And, and the other thing I'll tell you, especially working in content, we're a smarter business and make better decisions when we have more people in the room. I remember we used to always, um, ESPN used to do this thing called the body issue which was, you know, people posing in limited clothing and stuff. And, and so they'd always come to me and say, is this offensive? Um, but Which was kind of silly and annoying, but at least they were checking with someone. And when you get into, like, racial issues and political issues and things like that, we, I ran 30 for 30 for um, several years, and whenever we had touchy topics, we did OJ, um, Made in America, won the Oscar for Best Documentary. Wow. It was really, number one, we had a diverse team. And number two, we really made an effort to even increase who we had viewing that film because you, you want to have the maximum, the broadest perspective on your projects because you never want to, you want, you want to be as sophisticated and as insightful and as possible. And we all have limited views, you know. I'm a New Yorker who lives in L.A., it's silly for me to think that I understand everyone in this country or every other country. It's a passionate topic for me, but uh, I don't let it get me down. I try to use it as an opportunity, as an, as an advantage. We need to have sports and people who look like our employee base and like our population. So you can also use it if you're outnumbered. You do get a little bit of a louder voice sometimes. And that kind of goes back to the sense of unity. Like, whenever you're working in a team, you want to hear every perspective so that you can work together to make it better. Absolutely. I also think what's really important in sports right now is we all understand we have to show more a broad set of sports, and I think women's sports is growing. What we really need are the people making the decisions to represent the population and to represent sports fans. And with that, what advice would you give to aspiring women joining the business? I would do it. I mean, I think you're seeing now the same way I came up through digital when it was more of an upstart. It was an opportunity to gain an expertise and to really have a voice in rooms that had people a lot older and people who were focused on um, more linear, you know, more traditional broadcast. Women's sports is on fire right now. It's about to take off. You see it with not just the World Cup and football. I know folks were bummed about the U.S. team, but I thought it was great. It's amazing that women's soccer and football is growing around the world. That's what we need. Rugby's huge. Tennis. Um, the WNBA is the highest the setting records. I think it's a great opportunity. And I also think you shouldn't be limited to women's sports. I think those voices 
are valuable in everything. I mean, men's sports only succeeds because women watch it. You want the biggest audiences. Yeah, and I know right now, coming from a UK perspective, that the Lionesses, the England's women's team, is on fire. Like, everyone in the UK is... Um, like obsessed with them they support them almost as much as I would say as they do as the male team which is really like refreshing to see yeah and I think it's I mean they're really good and they won which always helps but I also think it's just we need more storytelling we need to understand these characters that's why people love sports and so I think we can all play a bigger role in consuming more of the sport but also consuming the stories and producing the stories and so yeah the lionesses are great So finally, if you were able to give your younger self three pieces of advice, with the knowledge you have today, what would they be? Um, So the first one, and I always give this, it's the golden rule. Like I've 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 always known the I've always known the golden rule to do unto others as you would have them you would have do unto you. And I've always tried to do that, um, but I would even emphasize even more how important that is. Life is just more fun and more rewarding um, when you're kinder to people and they're kinder to you. And I've also learned the world is really small, especially in sports and in your education and things like that. Um, So your community really matters. And so uh, it's important whether in life or, you know, at work. uh, I've always tried to stay a student um, because I think that's really important, and I've been, and it's helped me in my career. It's helped me in life. I think I would even do more of that. I think um, that's everything from read more, travel more, meet more people. Um, but you have to be a lifetime student. It makes uh, life more interesting. It also makes your career infinitely uh, more successful. I think. And then the final one is stay in touch with the people who matter to you. I think. You know, you lose touch with friends, things happen. Um, There's nothing as amazing and as comforting as people you grew up with, people you went to high school with, people you went to college with. And there's so many people you lose touch with. And I I would encourage people to focus more on that. So I think that's all we have time for today. But I wanted to say a huge thank you to you, Marie, for joining us for our first episode. I know that our listeners have gained massive insight into a career that they had maybe not considered before today. Again, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Great. Thank you for having me, Charlie.